everybody, welcome along to episode 72 of Percussion Discussion. First of all, please check out our social media. You can find us as usual on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and of course, our world famous YouTube channel, where you can find all episodes past and present. And if you wouldn't mind clicking subscribe, it helps us. And this way you won't miss any of the forthcoming episodes. If you prefer to listen on the go, then you can find all of our conversations in podcast form on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. So you can download those and listen at your leisure. Uh, If you wouldn't mind leaving a A very short review that helps. So if you could do that, I'd be very grateful. On to today's guest, um, an incredible British independent drummer um, who has been scrambling our brains and minds for for a long, long time as one of the Rhythm Magazine regular contributors um, with his technical difficulties um, series. And I know there's some incredibly challenging stuff there, some stuff that I've I've, uh, finally mastered. Not too many, though. Um, a gentleman that's played for the likes of Republica, Phil Hillborn, ABC, uh, so many more. Uh, an incredible drummer, and I'm thrilled to have him on the show today. So please welcome the fabulous Mr. Pete Riley. Yeah, you're welcome, Matty. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. No, it's great. And uh, th- I have to say thanks to our mutual friend, Mr. Adam Parsons, for yeah. for, for setting this up. It's very kind Absolutely. of Absolutely. Yeah, it was great having a chat with him the other day as well. Yeah, like, well, likewise, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it is New Year's Eve, so uh, I, I appreciate it even more. It's it's not the evening bit, so you know for all the all the concerned viewers, it's not the evening bit. It's lunchtime. Yeah, the drinking hasn't started yet. Yeah. Oh, hasn't it? Oh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. So look, Pete, it's it's great to um, we have our paths have crossed before uh, many years ago. Uh, a thing that's uh, a name that a few people hopefully will still remember. Steve Washington put on. Do you remember that day back in North Wales? A long time ago. Yeah, I, I, I was just thinking of Steve, what a fantastic drummer as well. Yeah, that was, I, I was thinking that was maybe nearly 30 years ago. It was probably the early days of me play, playing premier drums. Yeah. And uh, uh, I thought it was like a drum clinic event. But as you, I think you said, it was, there, it, it was, Steve was playing with a band, wasn't he? Yeah. And I just went on before and played to a few tracks. Mm. Uh, yeah. It was, yeah a, it, was great. it was a great event. And I remember... Uh, I remember your particular. There was a. It was an all day thing, and uh, you, you'd done a couple of masterclass sessions. And uh, I remember minds being blown, and it's just like I, can never do it. <laughs> I remember some left foot clave stuff that you were doing. And, and uh, well, oh right, I, I seem to remember you playing on a right handed kit. Maybe that was because obviously people were getting you know getting up and playing. I don't know if that was. Um, was yeah, that pro- probably. Yeah, I was probably just switching floor tom snare and hats yeah. i mean it's yeah if i had my time again i wouldn't be left-handed yeah i would have i would have learned the the right way it, it's it's a drag yeah that's controversial yeah. the right way depends which way you look well, at it, i just it? i i love i think it was john riley that said to me about in his day you only got right-handed drum kits you only get a right-handed piano if yeah, you true. want to think of it and uh, and i was like a right-handed drum kit and it, yeah, but you've got the tom holder on one side and the right symbol holder on the other. That was the way they came as a four-piece kit. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I think there's something in that. But yeah, it's it's a drag being a lefty. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's even more impressive the fact that you've switched the kit and still been able to demo, you know, what you were hoping to teach. I say hoping because I think most of people were just like, including me, were like, no, nah, not today. The fact that you've just done that, <laughs> you know, completely opposite-handed to what you're used to is even more impressive. It really is. And you know. Oh, thanks. Um, to be honest, the last 
couple of years, I've actually spent a bit of time working on the open-handed thing again, because it was something I did for a few years. Uh, I, I was working on the New Breed book and, uh, uh, yeah, the open-handed. And, and I played open-handed for about five years or so. And then when I started studying with Bob, Bob Armstrong, mm. I went back to left-handed and started learning traditional grip and sort of left it behind. But, um, yeah, I can still play a little bit on a right-handed kit. But it, it, it's funny, it's things like the hi-hat foot that just don't do any don't work at all yeah. but other stuff i can get around just about yeah sure well, you mentioned the open-handed is is there any simon phillips influence there with playing open-handed at all yeah m- massive yeah uh, and it's something I, I keep switching between it's just uh because I, I like the traditional grip and the kit is sort of set up for traditional grip but then i get i play a lot of rock stuff as well and there was a a band i um like a covers band that I'd been doing for about 12 years or so, and I just finished recently. But almost half of that set, I would just play open-handed because it just, if I'm playing matched grit, it feels comfortable playing open-handed. Uh, and uh, and I love the, the sort of, just the openness and the access to the whole kit you get when you play open-handed. And, um, and so I've experimented with having a kit that you could both do both on. And, um, but I, tend to end up coming back to the traditional grip and uh, yeah but I, I yeah I enjoy a bit of working on both of them yeah practicing been getting on my jazz independence leading with the opposite hand I don't know why when am I ever going to do that I don't know but it feels good to, to practice it anyway oh, it's nice nice to have it in the locker isn't it you just never yeah. know yeah yeah absolutely I mean your, your name I mean you're, you're only I think two or three years older than me but you seem to be you seem to have been around for for all of my life forever wherever rhythm magazine obviously is the big part of it and i've always seen your face it seems like you've been a successful drummer since you were like six or something like that in, in my eyes if you see what i mean <laughs> it's like you've always been there um I, so. I, and i i think i think it perhaps is that rhythm connection because i was fortunate enough probably around the time of that steve washington uh, event uh, i did an interview with rhythm magazine and and it was shortly after that that I started writing and, and I would have probably been maybe 22, 23. Uh, and, and so, you know, that's, that's nearly 30 years. And, uh, I, you know, it wasn't continuous, but certainly the last, what's it, probably 15 or 17 were. And, and as, I, uh, as we spoke about briefly the other day, you know, it's perhaps the end of, of that era now, unfortunately, but... Yeah, certainly when they started putting the CD uh, on, on the cover, it sounds so old-fashioned now, but yeah, uh, uh, I was involved with that pretty much all the way through for I think it maybe was about 17 years. So, yeah. Uh, it was an amazing – I mean, I hope it comes back in some form or other uh, because it's a big part of my life. As many people who I'm sure will watch this, especially in the UK, you know, will, will, will that moment when it when it dropped through the, the post box or you went to – the news agents are picking up. It was a big yeah. part of, and, and you know, the, the 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 thought that it might not happen anymore is 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 horrible. You know, yeah, it's it's really sad, and 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 I think it was re- really important for the UK drum community as well. You, it just, and obviously the, you had the big global players in there as well, but there was just that sense that you know you really knew that it was put together in in the UK, and and 
yeah, it's a, it's a real shame if if that is it, but we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, fingers fingers crossed. But you know, you yeah. you and and Colin as well. You know, uh, I've had Colin on the show, and both big yeah. parts of of shaping. You know, drummers such as myself, uh, you know, and and lots of others, um, they're the way they play, and and I used to really get into trying some of the things. It must have been quite a lot of work for you in particular, because you you put some tasty stuff together. It must have been a lot of work and a lot of thought gone into it. Oh, I loved it. It was it was like the best job in the world for me, and you know, I I think perhaps as as I said to Adam, there was. You know, I made that decision to 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 focus on that and perhaps not do the the touring and that side of playing so much. But uh, but I I just really enjoyed it and I enjoyed having that sort of creative outlet for ideas that I'd been working on. And I I just filmed another YouTube video this morning. I just can't help myself. I just enjoy doing that stuff and putting it out there because, um, uh, yeah, I I just like that process of of developing as as a player and uh, uh and i think that as you do that and obviously i i teach as well and just that process of of improving and i like to uh to you know hopefully it helps other players as well but but there was obviously more than that in terms of putting rhythm together as well there are a few learning curves along the way like the transition over to to video and and things like that and transcribing some of the tracks and playing some of the tracks that was a part of it as well um but yeah the bit that was me the technical difficulties bit yeah i love that outlet and so i'm just doing a bit more of that with youtube now oh that's good i mean i from a personal um perspective i preferred it when i had stuff transcribed in front of me i i can absorb it easier if i see it written down sometimes from a video i i, I forget things in a in a heartbeat you know and I, and and, and I'm sure you've heard this before. If, if you've got it written down, I can I can do it slowly, and then hopefully, fingers crossed, take it up to speed at some point. You know. Yeah, I I, I think there are diff- different kinds of drummers as well. You know, you've got all that visual learner thing versus oral and uh, and that side of things. And yeah, I, I agree. I, I think there is. Ideally, you have both. Mm, yeah. yeah, you can see it being played, and you've got it in front of you. Um, on the YouTube stuff, I, occasionally I've put the, the transcriptions up up there as well, but but yeah, it's perhaps something I'll have to a, a bridge I'll have to cross at, at, at some point. But yeah. yeah, it definitely helps with the learning though to to see the notes. Sure. But then <laughs> always one one of the things I thought about with rhythm was when they the transcriptions went in the magazine, I often wondered what percentage of drummers could read that transcription. Yeah, there's always going to be. Uh, you know, there's, there's positives and negatives with reading, isn't there? As uh, as there are with everything, but I I don't know. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I, I totally get your point, though. Yeah, it's um, yeah, sort of putting you know a track on the music stand and being able to 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 pick that off. And uh, I mean, and also that that's that's just a just a you know, with regards to reading, you know, a transcription is such a unique aspect of reading people talk about reading drummers and being able to sight read it's almost you just don't encounter notation like that you know in the real world it'd be lead sheets and 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 or perhaps a cheat sheet type thing you know those sorts of uh no accurate transcriptions yeah god forbid you encounter that on a gig you know because to uh to you know to sight read that and every ghost note and that kind of thing yeah it's very different 
Well, as is like snare notation as well, yeah. for example. There are different aspects of reading. Oh, totally, totally. Um, but the, the, I remember there was one in particular which really caught my attention. And you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. And it was like an upbeat hi-hat shuffle thing where the, the ride symbol was on the quarter and then yeah. the, uh, the, hi, the stepped hi-hat was on the at of the triplet one. Oh, yeah. And it was like a, it wasn't a halftime shuffle, it was just a full shuffle. And that, to this day, is still one I use all the time. So that's, that's all credit to you, that one, Pete. Well, no, all, all credit to Steve Gadd for that. <laughs> he, was the, he, was the, he was the guy I first saw doing that. I mean, he tended, when I saw him play, he would do it with the, like a four on the floor bass drum thing as well. Mm-hmm. So your feet are basically playing a shuffle. Yeah. And I just loved the sound of it. The fact that you could just go to a quarter note in the right hand, but your left foot is stating the upbeat. Yeah. 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 Lovely. And, and, and the fact that you can actually hear the hi-hat clearly, it's not clashing with the snare. It's just beautiful. It's just a really, you know, it was a, a bit of a, a cool rhythm. Not, not easy, I have to say, but... No, um, no. Yeah, it's... And also, if you want to try and get that kind of snap to the shuffle so it's got that swing and slightly late upbeat, mm. yeah, it takes a bit to get that feel in there as well. Yeah, but I'm it's, not gonna, yeah it's, it's a great sound. I'm not going to lie, I spent weeks on it. It's not something... I could read it, but getting it to feel right was, was, you know, it was such a lot of work, but it was worth it. It really was. So, uh, so thanks for that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> so, look, let, let's go back to the, to the beginning. Where, where did it kind of catch fire, um, you know, for your drums? Uh, well, I started playing drums at 15, but I played, I was thinking about this yesterday. I, I, I was then self-taught until the lessons with Bob when I was about 19, I think, I was 20. And, uh, but I could, I worked from books and things on my own because I could read because I played trumpet and cornet okay. in, uh, uh, from about, yeah, 10 or 11, something like that. And I had, uh, I think uh, maybe about grade five music. And, and so, yeah, I hit 15, I, a, a friend down the road was playing guitar and I was just listening to a lot of rock music and made the switch over to drums and, and that was it. And so, as I say, I, I got a few of the Gary Chafee books and the Gary Chester's New Breed, and I'd work th- from those. And obviously, that was the the era of all the DCI videos as well. So Terry Bozio's video and uh, Dave Weckles, and and uh, and I guess the Dave Weckle thing was a bit of a uh, uh, that kind of flicked a, a switch for me as well, where you just had this thing, this approach to playing that seemed. Uh, quite subtle in terms of uh, what was being played. Yet it, it was there was it. Uh, I don't want to use the word technical, but there was a lot involved. But it sounded a lot more subtle than a lot of the rock drummers I was listening to. Then perhaps like Dean Castanova was a massive influence, um, and and their approach to to that it was really sort of bombastic and and. But the idea that you could there were there was all this sort of uh, nuanced aspect to playing and. And that perhaps is the point where I realized that I needed to get lessons. <laughs> and, 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 that's, and just around that time, there was Making Music, this free magazine that Jeff Nichols was involved with. And he interviewed Bob and another drum teacher. And as soon as I read Bob's thing, and I, I you know, know Steve White and um, a few other players, and yeah, then I hooked up with Bob for two or three years then. Do you know, I, I'm just doing the maths now. So you, you didn't start playing drums till 15. And you mentioned that that thing I saw you at that event, you'd, that was only five years later. 
you've worked bloody hard in that five years, haven't you? You really have. Um, man, the, the, the practice I, I did, it, it's, yeah, I can't even convey the number of hours I've spent in a room alone with a drum kit. It's, it's to be honest, it, 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 yeah, up to around when the kids came along, like, which I was 30. Yeah, from 15 to then, it was, yeah, just crazy amounts of, of practice. Uh, and um, I, I would say, though, you know, and I did do the, the, the 10 hour day stuff uh, around the time I was studying with 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 Bob. And, and I was gigging probably about three times a week with uh, a good friend of mine, Phil Hillborn, in his rock trio around the country. And the rest of the time I was just practicing and uh, and having my lesson with Bob every. We're still there, mate. Can you hear me? Hello. Is it my internet that's disappeared? Uh, pss, pss, pss. Let's have a look. Oh, there we go. We're back. There we go. Yeah. I don't know what happened know what then. Happened. Very strange. No. Yeah. We just, but... you said you had your lesson with Bob every, f and it stopped at, f oh, whatever right. That was. Oh, yeah. So every fortnight, I was Friday morning. Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah, just uh, just great, and Bob just gave me that. I guess uh, it was almost that insight into. Obviously, I learned specific things. You know, I had big holes in my playing, uh, whether that be technique or reading or the swing side of things. But it was it was almost the process of of learning that Bob that I got from Bob. Yeah. You know how to things you take things apart and rebuild them, yeah. and. Uh, um, and obviously a lot of other things, you know, the discipline and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, there'll, there'll certainly never be another Bob Armstrong. I don't think that's for sure. I mean, I, sadly, I never, never got to meet the man, but I only ever hear positive glowing things about him, you know, as a guy, I, and a teacher. And a player. I, yeah. And I mean, he was a, a, yeah, amazing guy. You know, he, he just had, he'd had the, 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 the playing experience, but he had the knowledge as well, but also, I just don't think that time will happen again in terms of tuition like that because so much of what Bob taught at, back then, 30 years ago, it was all a, like the molar system and it was all a bit of an enigma and, and no one could find any of that stuff. Mm. And, you know, he was pretty much the only guy in the UK, I think, teaching it. And And whereas now, you know, there's... I don't know how many videos you'll find on YouTube of, you know, varying degrees of quality, I'm sure. And, and so that idea of having someone that you would go to, to that, for that kind of tuition. Yeah. I, I think those days have gone really. Yeah. I don't think though, um, a video, regardless of the quality will ever replace somebody sitting in front of you and explaining it with a pad and some sticks. I don't think. Uh, yeah, totally. And just in terms of, tuition in general i think that because i i've you know I do, I do some teaching here and, and i've seen a, a, a fall away and not just because of of uh of covid but uh, of students of that sort of level that i was at the um the sort of intermediate level if if you like because i think they've gravitated over to whether it's drumio or uh, mike's lessons or just youtube because they've got enough understanding to 
to follow certain things uh, and so they'll they'll teach themselves but i think with that comes a bit of a, a danger as as well where it's a bit like the dunning kruger effect where they they don't necessarily know what they haven't got they know what they like the sound of and it's that path of least resistance so they'll gravitate towards that and uh, and so yeah i still think there's the danger without a tutor that you'll end up with big gaps in your playing. Yeah, yeah, definitely, 100%. And, and um, as far as traditional grip goes, was Bob, um, did Bob have any, play any part in that? Or was that something that oh. you gravitated to? Well, it was, as I said, I'd just sort of recently been introduced to Dave Weckl and then obviously uh, Vinny and Steve Gadd, and they all played that way. And uh, as we were going to do the technique stuff with Bob, I thought, I'm going to do that. If we're going back to, to, to nothing, I'll start with that. And he said, I just remember on that lesson, he said, it's the hardest thing you'll ever learn to do on the kit. And yeah, I still work on it now. You know, I was over on the pad for half an hour this morning working on it. But I, and now I'm about 50-50 with that and match grit. And uh, it- I, I just like that. When you see like Tony Williams, he'll just switch. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the more of that I, I can... Uh, uh, I can develop that. That's what I'm after. So it's this completely unconscious. Yeah. Sure, sure. But you said you're. I mean, you can see you've got. Um, are they? Are they look like Yamaha nine thousands. I'm not sure. Yeah. Though. Yeah. 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 So you, it's quite a substantial kit there. Um, is that set for? Could you switch on that setup, or do you have to? Adjust yeah, yeah, I, I can. Yeah. I, if I was, I did a track yesterday that was match grip. I probably did just lift the snare touch for the video I filmed with traditional grip, but. That's it. The rest, the rest doesn't move. Um, I, I, and it looks big, but it's really, you know, it's like I said, the core of the kit is a four piece kit, you know, a 12 and a 14. And, um, you know, it's just a few other, uh, toms either side of that. Um, it's, I'm just, yeah, I've just gotten used to having the toms in three toms in front and the space they take up. And, uh, um, but as I say, I still like a small kit though. Well, you say Still you have a small kit. You have a small kit set in front of that that you you were saying earlier that you like to practice on. Yeah, I, it's 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 actually a five piece kit, oh, ten, twelve, fourteen. It's another recording custom. It's a green one. Funny enough, the laptop I'm looking at you on is set on one, another green tom. But um, I, it's the right handed kit that I have for teaching here, and and so I switch that around for me. But just to be quick, I will just keep it as a four piece kit, and that's where I do all my practice. Yeah, absolutely. Just just out of curiosity, if anyone's interested in having lessons with you, um, can they can they get in touch? Can you um, you know can, is that something they can do? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, just um, uh, yeah, you could uh, uh, via the I've got the lessons on YouTube or or Facebook or I, actually I've got my Total Drum Tracks website. You could go there. There's a contact, shall, or you I could shall, just. I'll put email. the address up at the end so people can see. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, they can get in touch because uh, I'm sure yeah. most people in the UK certainly know who you are. That's for sure. Well, I, 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 and, I, and like a lot of drummers over lockdown, I got the, um, the what's it called? The video the uh, Zoom, lessons Zoom, going as Zoom well. Lessons. So I, the, do I, my camera switch? There you go. Oh, right. Cool. Uh, have I got? Oh, yeah. Oh, my, my overhead cam is... Uh, um, uh, the battery's gone, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. That just, doesn't that make life easier when you got you can switch the camera like that? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The, the overhead cam is probably the most useful for lessons. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. The, the, I mean, it's great that you go to so much effort, you know, t so that the user at the other end is great. And but what you get back on online lessons is nothing like that generally, is it? <laughs> yeah. It's. It, 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 uh, I have to say, I, I, there's n nothing is as good as having the person in the room with yeah, you. And you can do all of this stuff. But as you say, if, if, you know, if you're hearing like a really distorted sound coming back or, you know, it's, you can't see what's going on because it's not well lit. Yeah, it's a challenge. Yeah. And how many times have you said, no, have you got the, use, the original sound switched on? <laughs> yeah, that's the... Yeah. That's the famous Zoom quote. But look, obviously, yes, yeah. teaching aside, uh, you know, you've, you've done a lot of playing gigging as well over the years. And I, I remember when you got the gig with Republica. Oh, yeah. That was going back a little bit, wasn't it? And I, I remember yeah, watching you on TV. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is so cool, you know. How, how, how did that gig come about? Uh, that was through uh, Jan Serka, who I was uh, uh, playing with. Uh, in my early 20s, and uh, that was around the time I got the premiere deal. And he was doing sessions down at the West End, at a place called Joe & Co, where also uh, Toddy, Andrew Todd, who was the keyboard player in, in Republica at the time, used to do some sessions. And, and they'd, it was, they'd, they'd gotten rid of their previous drummer one weekend, and they're in mid-festival season. And it was like they needed someone for tea in the park the next yeah. weekend or the fortnight after and uh yeah i i was uh i i think i was the first one in to audition and uh and they gave me the gig yeah because that was uh, uh, it was fun uh, go on sorry go on. carry on i was just gonna say it was just weird it was the third audition i'd done at john henry's and third time lucky so yeah God. yeah i, I mean they the were gig. a massive band at the time weren't they Oh, it's their, their Zenith. Yeah, yeah, we did. My first gig was Tea in the Park, which I think was 30,000 people or something. And, and I had my little cheat sheets there because I hadn't, you know, couldn't commit everything to memory. And I had about, I don't know, it was like three or four days uh, and then off, off to the gig. And uh, yeah, so Reading and uh, uh, yeah, it was great. A great experience mm. and, a, and a different approach because everything was to track. There was no bass player in the band, for example. So, um, yeah, so everything was to, to, to track, all, all to click. And, um, yeah, a great experience. I did that for, I think, two or three years. I think I got the gig when I was maybe 27, something like that. Mm, nice gig. I mean, how, what are your thoughts on, on uh, playing to click and using tracks? I mean, from a personal point of view, I like it. I, I know I'm comfortable and I know if something's going wrong, well, I'm with the click and I know I'm right. I, I, different people have different opinions on it. I, I'm in my comfort zone with a click. A lot of people, it horrifies them. I don't know. How do you feel? I, I think you go through different stages of working with a click, don't you? I think at, at first, if 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 you haven't spent much time playing to one, it it, uh, it can feel yeah really apparent. And but after a while, it becomes invisible. I think. Uh, and I think what you're saying is you, you can get that feeling eventually where it almost takes, it reduces your workload because yeah. that is taking care of the time. And so I, I, I think it's, it's good to, to balance that out with a good degree of playing that has no click. And, yeah. and so it, it, it's back on your shoulders. Well, everyone's shoulders, but, yes. but mostly as, as, yeah. as the drummer. I, I had, um, 
and I've said this to, to many drummers who I've spoken to, I, uh, if I'm playing with a click, I start to seriously doubt my time now because I've done so many gigs and tours where everything's been to click. And all of a sudden, if I have to count a tune off, it's like, ooh, <laughs> how's this going to work? And generally, it's fine. Yeah. But... Actually, uh, the, the last few years, I've been doing some depths for uh, Tony Hadley at the uh, Spandau Ballet. Yeah. And, uh, and, that, and their set is roughly sort of 50-50. And, and so... The, the ones I'm counting off, I'll have the metronome there. And so I'm, I just know it's going to be, yeah, the, yeah. the right tempo. I mean, and, and you mentioned Phil Hillborn before. That must have been a great gig to do. Oh, that was great, great fun. And funny, I, I was chatting with Phil. Uh, I guess we were probably mid-lockdown. And, and he was saying that we he was going through his... Uh, the gigs that we used to do, and, and there were 500 different gigs that we would do in the UK, 500 venues. Uh, and I wonder what percentage of those are left now. Uh, and you sort of think uh, as, as that, as a sort of cutting your teeth experience, which it was for me. Uh, uh, and, you know, I, I was doing all this practice in my uh, late teens and early twenties, and I needed an outlet for that. And to, and, and you know seeing how that related to to music and uh and that was great yeah i i played with as i said uh, earlier probably three gigs a week and for for years with, with phil and yeah i wonder how many of those are left now probably but, not that many uh, no i mean we're fairly lucky i'm i'm up in north wales and we've got some um some decent venues catering from you know 100 people up to uh, i think a thousand is the is the biggest you know on a mid level right. and some theaters yeah. but we're quite lucky we've we've they've, they've kept going even through um you know through the lockdown so uh right but uh and I, I know you see on facebook and on the news that lots of famous old venues just couldn't <laughs> they just couldn't survive it sadly yeah 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 it's uh, and and so you have to think for those you know the the upcoming generations you know where where they're going to get that experience or you know certainly that amount of experience. I, I'm sure they'll find a way, but I just don't think it will be as easy. No, definitely not. I mean, I, I come from a my playing was, um, if you remember the Brannigans circuit when Brannigans was a thing and the Chicago Rocks and Jumping Jack. Right. There was live music. I mean, I'm talking bands seven nights a week. And I, I like you, I was I was playing in a, a soul and a Motown band, and we were out all the time, constantly out. You know, but now. Mm -hmm. People are out once a week. It's like, oh, well, I've got a gig on Saturday, and it's like, oh, blind. Yeah, yeah. Good luck. We're making yeah. that pay, <laughs> but you know. Good yeah, on yeah. Uh, and 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 I think even even before that time uh, with with Phil, you know, it was you go back into the uh, I guess like the the seventies. Yeah, it would it would have been like that. And uh, and I mentioned about the guys doing the the sessions in in the West End. I just caught the tail end of that as well, like doing jingles and, and commercials and things. But no one would dream of booking a drummer to do that these days. <laughs> Program it up in 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 fifteen minutes. And uh, but back then, you know, they would. Uh, um, yeah, I remember hearing stories of like Neil Wilkinson being driven around to three of those in in a day. And um, <laughs> yeah, but then, you know, uh, uh, the, the the business just changes, doesn't it? Yeah. Neil's got that great gig on. I can't remember which show is 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 playing on, and uh, um, yeah, you just find other other avenues. 
Sure, sure. I mean, but you know, it, it also, you know, technology moves on, and I've said this again to a few, pardon me, a few drummers. Can you imagine um, this this lockdown period we've had with the pandemic? Had we not uh, had the remote facilities that we've got now, can you imagine how how tough that would have been? Had we not we not been able to do this or record or or, you know, or do anything. You imagine if it was 20 years ago, 25 years ago, it would have been pretty horrific. I mean, it's, it's no picnic it's true. now, but... Yeah, it's almost incomprehensible. It, it's... Uh, it, and again, one of the... Uh, another thing that I was thinking of, about that, that relates to that is is like the whole sort, sort of Instagram thing. And I guess it relates to the gigging as well now. And you've got this... It's almost like... Uh, and, and I suppose... Lockdown has been the catalyst for it, but it's, but now that the platform for the gig is, is on your phone on Instagram. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of drummers that I, I, I look at on there and they never post, a, a performance video. They're always in their studio like, like this. Yeah. Uh, and okay, that's perhaps the case at the minute, but I think it has perhaps, uh, yeah, been the catalyst and accelerated that. Uh, shift to to things uh, working that way, but uh, I, I do hope that it, it it swings back the other way as well. Because uh, um, uh, yeah, the, it, because the live thing and and interacting with other musicians is is what it's about, and it, it's just a very strange insular world sure. with that you're accessing through your phone. <laughs> Crazy. But hey, yeah. time moves on, technology moves on, and there's no stopping it. That's for sure. But uh, no, no, live is best and always will be. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, who, who am I to 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 have a, have a dig at any of those drummers that are are finding that to as a as a a way of 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 working? You know, it's 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 embracing the the current technology and and uh, uh, and why not if. If, as we said, perhaps the gigs aren't aren't there, or the opportunity to gig isn't there, why not move online? Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk. Let's talk um, rather than um, drums itself. But who, what, which drummers influenced you from a from an early age? Was there any obvious ones? Or uh, I think I started off with a lot of the. I guess they'd call them classic rock drummers now, like Ian Pace, and because. I'm from the Midlands, so I grew up with all that sort of heavy rock of of Deep Purple and Black Sabbath, and uh, and then I started to uh, oh Vinnie Appice, I I loved his playing, yeah. still do. I think he's just very different to all those other guys, uh, um, uh, and just just a real sense of space and groove in his playing. But single single bass drummer I, as well. Yeah, he he had a sound and and a feel that he's just. Yeah, just a fantastic groove drummer, and it's just his his playing just really um, breathed. Uh, then I started to get into the, I guess, more technical players. Dean Castronova was, yeah. yeah there's he did there's an amazing metal album that uh, it's so metal, but his drumming is unbelievable. Called uh, the band is Wild Dogs. I think it was his band, and it's called Reign of Terror, and he's playing on that. If you hear drummers like Mike Portnoy or The Rev, Dean was doing that 30 years ago, and he was probably 22 or something at the time. Uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, but then, as I say, I had that uh, a bit of an uh, epiphany. I discovered 
Dave Weckl. Yeah. And this sort of lighter, more nuanced, if you like, approach to playing. And so, yeah, then, uh, oh, I guess a, a couple of big sort of influences in between there would be Simon Phillips and Terry Bozio. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, and still today. And, and so then, yeah, I moved on to uh, Dave Weckl, Vinny. I had a big Steve Gadd phase, as probably everyone does and uh, or should and uh and uh and then uh billy ward that was a uh just that sort of sense of uh i think it was i'm not sure what you'd say what billy does just a musicality Mm. on the kit and uh um yeah so that's probably a bit of a a crash course and then uh, and then uh more recently i i really like uh, oh, I probably forgot Steve Smith. That was another big one. Yeah. But I, I like uh, uh, Toss Zuckerman. That's kind of uh, 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 and Gavin Harrison. I guess those are two kind of current drummers that I would. Uh, um, uh, yeah, I'd like to uh, probably get my playing close to. I suppose. Well, there's a pretty healthy mix there. I have to say that's uh, you know that's that's some some good names in that lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. I guess in short, it's all the virtuosos, yeah. isn't it? Really, yeah, and um, uh, yeah. And it's nice to say I've had Steve Gadd and Simon Phillips on this very show. So there we are. So you, they, they're keeping good company. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and musically, uh, drummers aside, what floats your boat? You've mentioned some of the heavier end of stuff. Are you, are you still still into the heavy stuff? Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, I'm mostly. If if there's music on, it's probably going to be like alternative, progressive rock uh, of some kind, and uh, yeah, I, I you know I, I played a lot of other stuff. I've, I've done a you know a good number of jazz gigs and things like that, and I think I went through that phase of, um, and I still practice my uh, a lot of my swing stuff as well, uh, but I, I don't, I wouldn't tend to listen to that kind of music now and uh and i and i guess i i also went through that stage in 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 discovering and appreciating all those drummers of of listening to the music that they were playing with them let's say steve smith and and then i just got to a point where i just i just don't actually like this music in uh in terms of you know perhaps the vital information stuff and yet you hear steve smith with Tony McAlpine on the first album that he did with Billy Sheehan, and that's amazing. Uh, and so, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, alternative, proggy sort of rock sort of stuff, yeah. Ah, oh, that's good. That's good. And have you got anything <clears throat> interesting coming up in the pipeline that you can share with us? Uh, I would probably say no, not really. <laughs> uh, and, and the reason is it, it's been a real sort of transitional uh period for me that the last i don't know uh uh i would probably say all the way through lockdown really i i i it's a bit heavy i lost both my parents right at the beginning of lockdown and um and then over that period then uh rhythm has also gone and and i quit the band that i'd also been doing for about 12 years or so and so uh i I've just been going through this process of just enjoying doing some practice for a while and I'm going to see what comes along basically because through doing rhythm, you know, there, there are a lot of things that of opportunities that I actually didn't 
pursue because I, I had the responsibility of, of doing that. And uh, now I just, I feel like I want to do some more playing again. So um, yeah, I'm going to see what Good. the universe brings me. Well, that's, uh, we, we, you know, hopefully we'll get to see you uh, bringing these lovely drums around to a venue near us shortly. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll look forward yeah. to seeing it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, look, I think that's a good place to um, to wrap it up. So thanks once again, Pete. It's been a, an absolute pleasure. And thank you for bringing all the joy and headaches that your technical <laughs> stuff has brought to us. Over <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Yeah, it's all meant to be fun. You know, it's, uh, um, yeah. I, I, like I say, I, I just still love sitting in a kit and seeing if I can do something today that I couldn't do yesterday. And, uh, and just the ideas that, that come out. So, yeah. Yeah, so I'll be doing some more YouTube stuff, definitely, along those lines. So people can follow you, um, obviously, on YouTube. It's a great channel I've been uh, having a look through for the last last few days since I knew we were going to be doing this, and there's some amazing yeah. stuff on there. Uh, and as you say, with the, with the high-quality video and audio as well, which does help, uh, it really does Yeah, help. yeah. Um, so you can check yeah. that out. And I, I guess you're on all the social media and what have you as well. Yeah, in- Instagram and uh, I, I don't do Facebook very much, but yeah, Instagram. Yeah, I, I tend to put some stuff up on there as well. So, yeah. Great stuff. Well, look, thanks very much. Um, let's hope. Yeah, you're welcome. Great chatting. Hope 2022 is a good year for you. Yeah, uh, thanks. And you. Great stuff. Thanks a lot, Pete. All right. Cheers, Matty. Bye bye now. Bye bye. Bye bye.